Hi, and welcome to Kids Yoga Matters with me, Maria Jones. In this podcast, we talk about all the reasons why kids yoga matters. So let's begin. Today, our topic in Kids Yoga Matters is bilingual children. I must admit that this stage in time that I consider myself to be bilingual, I wasn't before, but I arrived in the UK to do my degree. At the moment, I think in English and speak in English, and I favor English as my language, although when I arrived, I was very much uh, thinking in Greek and speaking in English and favored Greek uh, as my first language. So I can kind of see the challenges that some of the children that we will talk about will face. And I have come across those challenges in schools where the kids have just moved to the United Kingdom, where I am, although VIA is in Melbourne. <laughs> and they are uh, very almost harshly integrated into the schools and expected to just pick it up is the phrase they use. They'll just pick it up. But in the meantime, it can be quite a hard time for the children, especially if they do not have somebody next to them to translate or to make them feel included. We seem to rely heavily on language uh, rather than other ways of communicating, although most communication is not verbal. So we are going to talk about all those challenges and all those things that we come across when we teach yoga to children who may not be speaking the language right now or may be bilingual and could be favoring a language other than English in the schools. (laughs) So welcome, Via. Thank you for uh, coming here. Tell me about Metaplay and the beautiful uh, work that you do so that everybody can get to know you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Via. I'm in Melbourne. So we're doing like a cross, like halfway around the world, which is really awesome. Metaplay is something I created this year, actually. And we launched during the pandemic because what better time to launch a brand? (laughs) Metaplay pretty much creates bilingual yoga cards or bilingual cards. And the reason for that is because I grew up bilingual. I grew up trilingual, if you kind of count all the other dialects. And I've benefited from being able to connect with my family and a lot of friends. And growing up, I noticed that I had a lot of advantages in that, in learning those languages. And then moved to Australia and started teaching yoga. And a lot of my work teaching yoga is to outreach yoga. So underserved and at-risk communities where a lot of the time the classes means they are refugees. So they don't really speak English at all, if any. And you have to come in and teach to a class of 15 kids with very different backgrounds, all 15 of them. They come from very different parts of the world and they just came to Australia. So that's really big. That's really hard and that's a challenge and a combination of how I grew up and being exposed to that and understanding there is a a big need in terms of providing just a simple tool for kids to learn yoga, for kids to connect with each other, for teachers to find it easier, perhaps, to teach and lead a class. So that's kind of meta play in a nutshell. 
Yeah, recently I attended as an ambassador the Rainbow Kids Yoga teacher training. And one of the tasks the graduates had to do was to create their own yoga cards. And they could easily pick up a magazine and create their yoga cards. It doesn't have to be fancy, but they Mm -hmm. play a real vital role in how we shall deliver or administer yoga to the children. So it it makes perfect sense what you just said. Thank you for sharing. I'm just going to bring up the questions that I had for you so that I don't veer off. (laughs) What is so special about the cards? Because as I said, it doesn't have to be special. And you did say that it is just a wonderful way to integrate with children of a different language. What are the challenges they face because without trying to steal your thunder I feel Mm -hmm. that the challenges those kids face is that they will favor one language language to another and without knowing which one is spoken in the house most and the favor I feel that the school is particularly trying to force them to the language that the school speaks. I guess it's easier for everybody, but at the same time, they may feel challenged and left out. So what are the challenges you think they're facing and how can we help them uh, work with that? I think the challenges they face are exactly like all that you mentioned. The fact that they favor a language, we don't know their story. That's a really big one. The other thing is also they're forced into learning English. I don't even think it's learning, to be honest. They're just forced English. It's not learning English. They're just here, you know, this is the language. Too bad. I'm not going to learn yours. That's a massive challenge for them. The thing that I think um, we can do as teachers, which is really big after years of going into these classes, is really a realizing that, like you said, 70% of our communication is nonverbal. I'm able to lead a class with 15 different languages and 15 different backgrounds without sometimes even saying much. And you do realize at the end of it, they are following you and your presence is quite powerful, like super powerful. But the second one is also keeping it simple. I think sometimes we go in and we would love to explain a pose. Like we would love to say, hey, this is let's do the warrior. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of words that like let's do a warrior pose. Like that's five words that we take for granted. Whereas I think for the kids, that's just, whoa, that's a lot. (laughs) That's five words too many for them. And keeping it one word, just saying in, out. For breathing, that's how I do it. I kind of just say in, out, and I really exaggerate my breathing so that they see visually what I'm doing. The other thing that I really love is repetition. You know, I'm with kids, repeating everything is important, but especially when they don't speak the language, repeating it over and over and over. That's really important. I remember going in and I would say right hand and I would pick up my right hand and I'd say right hand, right hand like 10 times. And, you know, three kids would pick up their left hand, (laughs) you know? But at least when you start to repeat, 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 
they start to associate what's happening with the words that are coming out of your mouth. And I, I got pretty lucky that I was teaching the same school for years. So I had been at the same school for probably five years or so. And so I got to see a lot of the kids over time. And um, by the end of it, a lot of them came out and started mimicking me and saying, slowly, slowly, gently, gently. And you know what? If out of everything, that's all they take, great. I'm all for it. Like, that's fantastic, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the challenges are... crazy like it's a lot of challenge and I think as teachers it's important to go in be prepared but you can't really be prepared but you have to go in and just have fun realize that they're people too and you can connect with them through simple language like just keep it simple repeat it repeat it over and over move and exaggerate yourself and you'll get there they they will connect with you Yeah, follow my body and repetition is important in many ages. And I think repetition is a problem only for the teacher. (laughs) I don't think it is a problem for the kids. And I keep saying to the people that I train that if you find something that works, please repeat it. And that's exactly it. Uh, And in order to see with bilingual children what works, you have to repeat it anyway. So... Repetition is key. I agree with that. That uh, conveys the message clearly and loudly to what you're, what you're taught. Children, they are a lot more receptive to learning anyway. Okay. But we must be a little bit more sympathetic about yeah. our approach. I had little children that were paired up with their older brother who was a little bit better at English and they were just said he just going to translate for her I had to take a breath yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's important I think for us as teachers to not take the easy road the the path of least resistance (laughs) you have to realize that as teachers you're there to serve and you're there to teach and so I think that's important when you go in that's the first thing that's in your mind because otherwise it's going to get really frustrating (laughs) absolutely And that's what I was going to say. If we consider that yoga has got its uh, technical terms, like the Sanskrit maybe, that would also serve them quite well because it would be the same in any other place that we go. And I love that as a medium. That is something we can fall back on. Sometimes I'm thinking, if I repeat the Sanskrit, even if somebody else takes over my class, somebody would (laughs) understand. What is so wonderful about your cards do you have anything to show us or (laughs) I do I just randomly have them here I'm kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did ask you to bring them (laughs) (laughs) I show you a few of them so yeah on the cards they've got so the English on top and then the other language on the bottom at the moment we've got Indonesian Mandarin primarily because those are the languages we speak at home. Um, And then we've got Spanish and French as well. And then, you know, the languages keep expanding depending on demand. And they're just easy to understand. They're cute. But also the big part for (laughs) the big part about the cards where the visuals were important, that they were inclusive. 
and that it represented a big, you know, diverse range of kids. And that came from growing up, I'm Asian, of Asian background. I never saw myself in anything. I never saw myself on TV. I grew up in the States and never saw myself on TV, never saw myself in the magazines, like anything. And I thought it was important for my kids to grow up and have a tool that went, oh, I actually look like that. You know, I have ginger hair or I'll show you. I've got cool curly hair, you know, and I've got a darker complexion. So these are some of the kinds. Yeah. And so they're beautifully illustrated. And I thought that was really important as well to incorporate in the cards. And with the cards, you do get like a guidebook. I'll show you the guidebook. And there are like games in them with illustrations. So you can see the kinds of games that you can play with the cards and how you can incorporate both yoga and language and using that with games and learning both of them. So yeah, it was quite fun making it. And I'm really pleased with the product now. (laughs) How long did it take you to make those? They look so beautiful. Thank you. The illustrations were done by one of my very good friends. She's amazing. Um, She's an amazing illustrator. It took me nine months, almost like making a baby. Um, But it did take me nine months from start to actually finishing the product. You know, I tested it on a lot of kids. I tested it on all the cousins, all the little ones, gave them different cards, tested out different languages research different kind of games that would work and stuff like that. So yeah, it it took a while, but very, very happy about it. They are looking amazing. And I know that the creative process can take a bit of time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you wonder, do I write explanation at the back? Do I write a poem at the back? Do How do I do it? But simplicity can be key. And that's Mm -hmm. what I see when I see them. They convey the message clearly loudly and simply and that's key when it comes to learning a language because of course English is not my first language although now I favor it in everything I do mm-hmm. thank you for sharing yeah. that was really really good I did I, I, you did tell us how you can use these cards to promote language proficiency and I can see from the games how they can be easily uh, integrated what other ways uh, do you have to promote uh, inclusiveness in yoga these days because the language is one of the things that you are doing. And I saw the different characters on the cards as well. Are there any other ways that you promote uh, connection and uh, inclusiveness in your classes and everything you do? Oh, that's a hard one. In terms of meta play or just me as a teacher? Anything, because what you are going to share, probably somebody will find use for it. As a teacher, hmm. I think we mentioned it earlier as well, not favoring the path of least resistance, not taking it. I think that's important. A lot of the times in these classes, or, you know, at least in my experience with the classes, sometimes you have students who don't want to participate. It's just an after-school club, like a day. You're teaching yoga. What? You know, you're not teaching soccer. And that's the reality of it. And I think inclusivity actually means all of us. So all of us means that kid that doesn't want to play with you, you need to figure out how to make that person feel included without 
without that kid having to be included. Does that make sense? He he wants to sit. He wants to sit in the corner. That's completely fine. But as a teacher, we have a role to make sure that that person feels seen and heard, and that's super important. Exactly. And if soccer was the thing that they we could easily be working from the top of our heads, is the expression mm. I'm looking. We may not have a plan for what they're interested in, but somehow we will allow them to have an input in uh, the class and therefore feel included uh, in what we do. And that is the path of uh, more resistance rather than least resistance because a lot of resistance. <laughs> a lot of resistance, yeah, because 15 minutes into the class and you're like going, I haven't got any more ideas now. What are we doing next? I'm dying here. Help me out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, but that that's true. Like if we want to be inclusive in everything we do, we need to understand it means everyone, you know, it doesn't mean the easy ones. It doesn't mean like, oh, the low hanging fruit. It means everyone. And so we need to be a bit more creative, I think, in terms of how we teach and how we approach things and how can we include everyone. Absolutely. That's what yoga is about. I absolutely love that tip. And it gets you thinking by saying, when we say inclusive, we has to be everyone. So what else is cooking in your kitchen other than loads of new languages being added to the the beautiful selection of cards? Actually, today, literally today, I just launched affirmation cards, which are also bilingual. Yeah. So they, I don't have them yet. I don't have them yet. They're in production. But um, if you do go on the Instagram and stuff, you'll see it. But it's pretty much affirmation, simple ones, but it's available in French, Spanish, Mandarin and Indonesian. So one side is English. The other side is the other language. So it's simple things like, you know, I am loved, I am seen, I am heard and all that. And it's beautiful. Other than that, to be honest, I'm busy being a mama. <laughs> to uh, she's three, three months, months old. old before we yeah. went live yeah 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 she's three months old so you know that's keeping me very busy <laughs> you're just about maybe getting some sleep now maybe yes just a little bit you know I could do with a little more but that's okay we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> yeah, it does get easier people keep saying that but uh, my son is now 13 so does it uh, get easier <laughs> I have different challenges to things. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, it'll get easier. I'm like, will it though? Will it? <laughs> and I see sometimes my teaching and the patience that I have for other people's children. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I dip into that quite often for my own child. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm too honest. Sorry. <laughs> too blunt. Hard being a parent. It's a hard job. It is a hard job. And I think yoga really helps me do that. How does yoga help you um, be? I mean, she's little now and the challenges uh, are different at every stages of their lives. Mm -hmm. But at this stage, how does yoga help you be a better mom? A trick question. Sorry. No, no. I think yoga helps me be very compassionate towards myself. I think that's a massive one. You know, I didn't realize, or I mean, you don't really realize when, until you go into it and then your life changes, right? 
and your life changes like that the minute you become a mom. And it was crazy. It is crazy. And I don't think with that yoga or my journey, at least towards self-compassion, self-love and being forgiving to myself and surrendering to the process is very difficult. And I think through, you know, years of that practice, it's probably set me up to become a better mom now because I'm more equipped or at least if I'm not, I have the tools, I know what to do with myself when things get really tough. And I'm able to surrender a bit more because it is really, really hard, really hard. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I, that awareness came later on for me when he was a toddler. And that is a different challenge altogether. But yeah, that's when I discovered yoga. Yeah, 11 years ago, he was two. But um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on board uh, that has been eye-opening, actually. Thank you. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I will be posting this as it is in the gallery view on my page. I will send you a link, of course, via. And uh, I will be looking at the comments uh, that are coming through, if there's anything. And uh, basically... Thank you. <laughs> really lovely to meet you and everybody. Uh, and thank you for uh, watching. Uh